I am a pastor, Aaron Poor. I'm the associate pastor here at Journey Church. And most of you know, but if you don't know, uh, Pastor Sean, our lead pastor, is uh, on sabbatical with his wife, Becca. And they actually headed out this morning to a great adventure, which I will let him uh, tell you about when he gets back. But he has, he has lined up all these great speakers. A couple weeks ago, we had Chris Athey share. It was amazing. And then last week, we had uh, Pastor Mike Plain come, talked about the divine mandate, right? And uh, we've been talking about that all week. Our real life group, we sat around and talked about that message. And this week, uh, Pastor Sean has Ben Phillips lined up to speak. Now, if you don't know Ben and his wife, Lydia, I just want to give you a brief introduction. They have been with us since the very beginning of Journey Church. And so at the very first days when really it was uh, Pastor Sean and Becca, my wife Sarah and I, and Ben and Lydia, and maybe one or two other people, and we did church, and we were the church. Because there was, you know, we would... Pastor Sean jokes about how the worship team would play, then they would go sit down and he'd preach to the worship team. Well, Ben and Lydia uh, were there with us during that time, led our worship or led our uh, kids ministry for a long time. Now they lead our connections and hospitality ministry, and they've really served in just about every way that you can. And so let me invite Ben to come on up and give him a hand as he comes. All right. That's what I said. I asked Aaron last night, I said, are you going to introduce me or do I just go up? And he went above and beyond. So thank you, Aaron. But I do want to say happy Father's Day. And uh, you guys, dads, you can be anywhere today, right? And you chose to be here. And so you're in the right place. And so to do that, for that, I'm going to honor you with the video. So we're going to play a video and then we're going to get started. Hey, kids, mom needs more help inside. How many kids do you have? Three. Three? Yeah. That is a good number. Whoa, whoa. Um, let's just concentrate on this one for now. <laughs> hey, what's it like being a dad? Mr. Clams has been sleeping for two days, Daddy. Goodbye, Mr. Clams. No! All right, just slow down a little Dad, bit. Dad, stop yelling at me! I don't think that's... <gasps> oh! Okay, okay. All right, and that is why we always wear our seatbelt. And that's the birds and the bees.
on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I am so proud of you, son. Run. Huh? Run, it's gonna blow! No. Have I told you lately? I know, Dad. You love me. You tell me all the time. Actually, I was going to tell you I think you're beautiful inside and out. Whatever. Dad, you are disgusting. Yeah, Dad, you are disgusting. This right here goes to your future, this right here goes to you, and this right here goes to God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How much does God get? What's wrong, beautiful? Trevor broke up with me. Such a jerk. He broke up with me on a text message. He just replied. Dad, I can't believe you. Thanks, Dad. He didn't deserve you. <laughs> he didn't deserve you. One, two, three! <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for being so good to us. God has the coolest job. He make clouds all day. Yeah, he does. But I think one of his very best jobs is when he made you. Daddy. Hey, what's it like being a dad? How much time you got? How true it is, right? <clears throat> My youngest is 20. I'm actually now a grandpa, so I'm experiencing all ranges of it. Some of that I have, a lot of that I've experienced. I'm not gonna lay claim to the couch and the fist bump, but you gotta get guy time however you can, okay? No, but I have responded to some texts, but I had permission, and they're not still in the picture now, so we're good. But no, what an honor and a responsibility it is to be a dad. And so I wanna challenge you guys, you guys, Above all else, it doesn't matter how much success we have in life, it doesn't matter what we're doing, but the most thing that I wanna know that I led my kids to God. And I challenge you guys in here, if you're gonna waste time on something in your mind, you're gonna spend, invest time, not waste time, but spend and invest time on something, spend it and invest it pushing your family to God. And you guys are in the right place. Like I said, you could do anything today. So let's pray and we're gonna get started. So God, I thank you today. 
God, I thank you, Lord, for you being the perfect example of what a father's supposed to be. God, I pray and thank you for today that everybody is here because they're supposed to be here. God, I just pray that the message would go the way you want it said, and God, that it would be heard the way you want it heard. And thank you for today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Like Pastor Aaron said, Sean's gone and he's lined up some people to speak. And I, we were driving back from Colorado a couple weeks ago and we got to listen to Chris's message on purpose. And it was really, really good talking about God's purpose for your life. And then last week, Pastor Mike talked about cultivating kingdom culture. And he did a great job and it was so true. I went up to him afterwards and I said, you did a great job, but why did you do so good? Because I have to preach next week. But no, it's been really good. And what I'm talking about today is kind of going along the same lines. Last night, I didn't even have a title for my message, but I was texting my dad this morning because it's Father's Day. And I'm going to actually, he didn't know what I'm talking about, but I'm letting him name the message for what he responded to me. But I was texting him. I said, hey, dad, not too many times you and I have been preaching on the same Sunday. This is only my third time. And he, he, his response said, the calling unfolding. And that's what I'm kind of talking about today is how our calling, we all have a call of God in our life and that it's a process from where we're at today to who we're supposed to be. And so I just want to challenge you guys that, you know, God's got so much stuff for each and every one of us in this room, but it's going to take a journey and a process and being willing to change to become who God's called us to be. You can't, John talks about having 30 years of experience being a Christian but really just doing one year over and over. And if I look back at my life, there are some years of my life that I see that. And I, I don't want that. But to be in God's perfect path and plan and calling for our life, we're gonna have to be willing to change and move and adjust things. And just talking about changing and moving, some funny examples, Sean, Pastor Sean, he's not here. So when you move Sean into his house, you know, for the first time, whatever, you put his furniture down in his living room, if you come, Two months later, somehow, Sean's gonna have his furniture completely different direct direction. He doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's, if the fireplace is here, it doesn't matter. Most people would put the furniture facing the fireplace. Sean doesn't care. He'll switch it around and somehow he has to change it. If you come back six months later, Sean may have his living room furniture in his dining room and his dining room in his living room. Somehow he just gets bored with it and he's just driven to change. And then you take, like my wife and I, Lydia, we put our furniture in our living room and it doesn't move. It doesn't move. Unless I buy new furniture, it doesn't move. Now there's a little asterisk beside that when I'm gonna say what I say next. But, but then you take somebody like me, I've been married 26 and a half years and I've moved 19 times, 19 times. And you would say, that's why your furniture doesn't move because you pick it up and move it to a different house. But, but I'm saying, what I'm saying is there's a part of that in us that I think is going to take that kind of willingness to live life with an open hand, that we don't lock things in and say, nope, that has to be this way. And there's a part of that as we go through life and God's going to require us to move and adjust and change things. And so we have to be willing to do that. Some of you, like I said, you just don't like change, but I'm saying to follow God's path for your life, you're going to have to be willing to adjust and move and change directions. And so what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna tell you guys a story that you've heard a thousand times. You've heard it in Children's Church, you've heard it in here, and it's, you've heard it a ton of times. But what I'm gonna do is tell you the whole story, and then I'm gonna rewind, 
And I'm gonna pull some points out of that I believe God spoke to me in the story. And so it's the story of David. You guys all know David. You guys can look, I'm not reading it out of the Bible. I don't even have notes, the scary part. Uh, you, can, you can look it up. It's in 1 Samuel 16 and 17. You can read it yourself. No, I'm not making it up if you happen to never heard it. But it's the story of David. It was in a time where Saul was king and Saul was beginning to mess up. And God was saying, you know what? It's time that I start the process of appointing a new king. And so Samuel was the prophet at the time. And God said, you know, Samuel, I want you to go anoint a new king. And it's going to be one of Jesse's sons. So when he gets there, of course, Jesse starts to bring, he had a lot of sons. He starts to bring the strongest. He starts to bring the tallest, maybe the best looking and the one who could talk the best or whatever. And he brought them all through. And Samuel's like, I got nothing. There's nothing. He said, are you sure you don't have any more? And what does Jesse say? He goes, well, there's like the runt of the bunch is still out in the field. And Samuel says, well, bring him in. And as soon as David passed by, God told Samuel, this is the one. And the Bible says he anointed him. He poured the oil on him. And so from that day forward, David knew he was supposed to be king. Did David go to the kingdom right there? Not at all. David went right back out into the field. I don't know how much time had passed when this all happened, but David went back to the field tending the sheep. And I know for me, if somebody told me, you're going to get today, you know, matter of fact, you're going to be this. And I had to go right back out and do exactly what I was doing. There's a part of me that would struggle with that because if I knew for sure that I was this, and he did, I mean, the, everything had been done. And he knew that he was gonna be king, but he went back to the field and he began to tend the sheep again. Until one day, David's older brothers, they were out at war, probably making a name for themselves, getting to do, do the cool stuff that David didn't get to do. And his father called and said, hey, will you take the bread, the cheese and stuff? I want you to take it to the battlefield to where your brothers are at. And so David jumps up and said he left the sheep with the keeper jumps up and he takes the stuff to the battle. You know the story. When he shows up, what happens? There's the Philistines on one side, there's a valley in the middle, and there's the Israelites on another side with Goliath in the middle. Goliath is saying, hey, send somebody down. If he takes care of me, we'll serve you. If I take care of him, you have to serve me. You know the story. But David walks up and he begins to look and all down the, the Israelites' line, Nobody's doing anything about it. Nobody's doing anything about it. David comes and he begins to ask questions. Who's this guy? What's he doing down there? What's this guy saying? Why hasn't anybody else stepped up to the plate to come and do something about it? And so David's that annoying guy that if nobody else, you know, he just, he's, he wants to address the problem. And so David begins to ask and Saul gets wind of David's asking. And so Saul says, here, come up to my tent. I wanna talk to you. And he's like, you know what? I don't think it's gonna work, but if you're gonna do it, at least try putting on my armor, put all that on. And David tries to put it on. You know the story, it's too heavy, it's too awkward. It's not something he's comfortable with. So David takes all that off and he does what we know. He goes to the stream and he picks up five smooth stones and he puts them in his bag and he holds them close. And then he goes back to the battlefield and he faces Goliath one-on-one. -on -one. He goes down the valley that nobody else was willing to do. 
And he goes down there with just this little sling. Why? Because he knows that God's going to take care of him. And so he takes something out that he had held close, one of those stones, and he starts to sling that stone and run straight at Goliath. And the Bible says he slung it away, and it even says it sank in his forehead and dropped him. And from that day on, I think it was the start of more people knowing that David may be more of into David's kingly type role from where he had been. But I wanna focus on the first part of the story before David even got to start acting in some of that role. And so there's, there's some things, I think some character things that David did that we need to, we need to figure out for ourselves. And the first thing I wanna pay attention that David did was David knew how to wait on God's timing. When David knew he was gonna be king, he knew it. I mean, the, the prophet had spoken. He knew he was gonna be king. But what did David do? He went back. Some of us, like I said, we would be like, oh, no way, I can't go back and do that. But what David did was he went back to what was normal, but he didn't use it as wasted time. How many of you guys, sometimes we think, well, in the waiting, that's just the time. It's, not, it's just wasted time. I'm just stalling until the real thing can happen. That's not how we have to view that waiting time, that waiting season. In that waiting season, that is when God wants to deposit things in you. The Bible says, be faithful in little and I'll bring you up to much. And God wants to deposit things in you in the waiting season that he knows that you'll need for when you're in your true calling. But I, like I said, I still think a lot of the calling is the process. And David knew this. And so he was willing, David knew how to wait well. We have to learn how to wait well because it's not wasted time. It's time God wants to impart some things in us and teach us and draw us closer to him. He had more time than a lot of people. If he would have been out busy and all the stuff, he may not have the time to develop that relationship with God. So David learned to wait well. The next thing David did was, I got a lot of little points. There's no big ones, a lot of little ones. But the next thing David did was he was, well, when his father said, hey, David, I want you to come and take this stuff to your brothers. Was he like, I'm gonna be king. You guys can find somebody else to do that. No, when David heard his father speak, he responded. And that's what we need to do. Some of you have things in your life that you know God has told you to do. You know God has told you to stop. Or you know that you're feeling a nudge from God to move in a direction. And you're just like, I'm not ready. It's, not, it's comfortable to be where I'm at. I'm, I'd like to stay in the waiting season a little longer. And God's saying, no, it's time to get out there. And so what we have to do is we have to wait well and wait on God's timing. But when we know that God says move, we have to move. We have to respond because God is in moving and changing. And the next thing I believe David did when he showed up to the battle, and I'm talking about running after our call, that God has a call for everyone in here and running after it, well, the devil wants to put roadblocks in our way from running after God's call. He wants to trip us up and hold us back and put gates in the way and stuff to hold us back from being who we're supposed to be. And one of those things is David came up to what? A battle. We all face battles in our life. Some this little, some this big. We all face battles in our life. But what I wanna point out that David did Everybody else who showed up there that was at the battle, no action, no getting through it. How long would they have stayed there 
I don't know, you would hope that God would have brought somebody else, but how long would they have stayed there if David wouldn't have showed up and said, let's do something about this? So what I wanna challenge you is, the Bible says trials will come. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean battles aren't coming. They are coming. They will come or you're in one now. And, but when we get in that situation, a lot of people make the battle and it turns into their identity. And once you do that, you are slowing yourself down drastically in allowing God to work and lead and guide you in the calling that he has for you. Because now this thing is between you and him. And so what David was willing to do was he showed up to a battle because we're all gonna experience him. But he said, you know what? I trust God and I'm gonna move past it. And so that's how we have to approach battles. Battles will come, but it's not where we stay. If we're gonna constantly move, it's the calling is always moving, that if we're gonna have that, that we're gonna have to be willing to push past the battle, trust God that he's got it, and move on. It doesn't belittle it, it is a battle, but we have to be able to move on, it doesn't become our identity. And, and this, David tried to go and he was gonna to try to fight the battle the way Saul would. I just wanna encourage you guys that when you come into battles, you don't have to fight it. God may have a different plan for you to fight the battle than the person next to you. Saul was trying to make him force the bat, fight the battle the way he would by putting on his stuff. But when you come to a battle, sometimes God has specific things and key things for you because we're all individuals and says, I want you to fight this battle this way and that's okay. You don't have to look how, well, they tried to do it that way and it didn't work. You can, God has a specific plan for your battle that he has a way for you to get through it. And we know David's way. He went with the way that God had dealt with him before and he had went and got five smooth stones. I'm gonna talk about five things that I believe will help us, and I'll go quick, trust me. Five things that I believe will help us to continue to avoid roadblocks, but to continue to be on the right path that God has for us. And the first thing I need to, the first stone I think we need to pick up is guarding our prayer time. We need to take that first stone and we need to put that in our bag and hold it close. I know for me, I run a construction company, and people like to know where they're going and what they're doing there early in the day. They don't wait till lunch to figure out what's going on. And so my phone starts going off in the morning, sometimes before I get up. And I don't get up at 10 o'clock, okay? But sometimes before I get up. And so I have a choice when I see that phone start to go. Do I address this or do I take the time to do what I know I'm supposed to do? And I'll be honest, some days I give into the, okay, I better deal with this. I pick up the phone and I start doing that and I'm not guarding the most important thing I could be doing in that moment. For you, it may be at night, whatever it is. I'm not saying it has to be in the morning, but I'm saying we have to guard that time. The Bible says my sheep know my voice. If we don't know God's voice and we're not taking time to listen, we're never gonna be on the right path and journey that God would have for us specifically. And so we really need to guard our prayer time. The second stone I think we should pick up, put in our bag and guard, is reading the Bible. Pastor Mike talked about it last week and he said it very elegantly, and I forgot what he said, but basically it's, it said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If we wanna go on God's direction, we gotta read his map, okay? God gave us a book, and a lot of us just put that book and would never touch it. We gotta know what God's saying. The Bible's not gonna tell us I want you to do this today and talk to that guy today. But what it is, is if you pick up the Bible and you are comfortable with it and you know the stuff in it, it's gonna teach you the promises of God. It's gonna teach you the character of God. 
and it's gonna teach you a lot of things that when you do encounter certain situations that it doesn't address, you kinda know how you're supposed to go. And you kinda know God's leading in it because you have put the word inside of you. So guard your prayer time. Guard reading the Bible. Like I said, these are very basic things, but just because they're basic and you've heard it a thousand times, I think that's all the more chance to, put, to not put the value that they really are. They're really valuable, but they're very easy to let go of and give up. And so really guard that time with God. And dads, I'll tell you right now, in the room, moms, whatever, but dads, today, if you wanna point your kids to God, I'm telling you, you can tell them not to do something, you can tell them to do something, but if they see you have a personal relationship with God and it's something you invest in daily, it'll trump anything you can say because they see there's something real enough inside of you that you're committed to this. So you're wanting to point your kids and your family to God, invest in those things because that is key to that. And so the third stone I think we need to pick up, and like I said, we're trying to avoid roadblocks and getting off the path that God has for us. And so I think we're gonna have to guard and wake up every day with a fresh perspective. A lot of us carry baggage over from yesterday. And so we're, the Bible says God's mercies are new every day, but we don't treat it as that because we do what? We remember what happened yesterday. And so if we were supposed to wake up fresh and standing up tall, we're standing about here because we had yesterday. But a lot of us, it doesn't stop with yesterday. We're, we're carrying baggage from last week, the week before, the month before, two years before. And so if we were looking at us in the spiritual world, we're probably waking up and crawling trying to get to work that day because we've carried so much baggage and weight from previous days. And the Bible says that we're supposed to, that is God's mercies are new every day, but we don't treat it as that. And we carry it and we lay over from the day before and the weeks before. So to run the path, free path that God has for us and be free to run like God wants us to run, you're gonna have to let yesterday go. You're gonna have to release it and move on. Way easier said than done, but you're gonna have to do it. And then the fourth thing, stone, I think we need to pick up and guard to run on God's path is who we're letting close. What are your friends like? They say the hula hoop. You put a hula hoop over you and who you're letting in that space. Well, there's next to nobody I'm letting in that space. I'll tell you that. There's some of you close talkers who try to get in that space. And I've learned the trick. You put your foot out to stop the close talker from getting close. Anyway, no, but I'm saying we do need to guard who gets close to us, not who's talking close. Well, sometimes, but we need to guard. You say, I'm a person that I struggle with being judgmental. And that's an area I probably struggle with. I think it's a gift that I can see things, but sometimes it gets me in trouble too. And so it's like, but you hang out with people that are quick to pick up stuff on other people and you find yourself just judging people all day long because it's normal, because that's who you're hanging out with. If you're somebody that struggles with fear or anxiety or whatever the case may be, and you look and it's normal in your circle, you're not gonna get out of it because you don't think the need that you need to get out of it because it's normal. We need to have people in our life that we're investing in, but sometimes there's people in our life that either need to change to stay that close or we need to change who's that close. And so to run on God's path, we're gonna have to be careful who's in our circle. And the fifth thing is I believe we're gonna have to take our expectations 
off of life, off of people, off of situations. I'm gonna give you a silly example, something that used to just annoy me. Everybody's got phones, right? They text. Somebody would text me a question. I would, I'm the guy that responds right back for the most part. I respond. So I expect some acknowledgement. Like, okay, got it, great, thanks, nothing. And then you try the, you send back your own question. And within a minute, you know the phone's in their hand. Right back to them, no response. You know who you are in this room, but... But I'm saying it's something so simple, but I used to be annoyed at that. I'm like, come on, it's right there. Just respond, no. Like they got what they needed, that's it. But no, we have expectations on people, on church, on God, on work, on our spouse, that we think everybody should respond the same way I do. Well, first of all, life would be really boring if everybody responded the same way I would or the same way you would. God made us all as individuals And so we have to learn to let people be people the way God created them. Sometimes things are right and wrong. I'm not saying that. But a lot of times in those situations where we expect things, it's just different. And so to be free, freed up and not bogged down, it even kind of ties in with fresh perspective and stuff, just to be freed up to run the way, the Bible says lay every weight that sets us, you know, that that can hold us back, having expectations on people. And so we have to have freedom to just, release people to be people, and it's gonna help you out. And so there was five things that David brought close and put in his bag, but there's one thing I wanna focus on that if David would have kept those in his bag and he wouldn't have released something that day, he may have ran out there and tried to tackle Goliath or something like that, and Goliath would have just slung him off. There was something that David held close temporarily that he had to release to have victory. What did it say? He put a rock in and he slung it away. If David wouldn't have done that, it wouldn't work. But it's something he held close that he had to release. There are things in our life that we've held close that aren't supposed to be there. I'm gonna focus on just one real thing. And it's a real thing. That's why I left all these papers here, but it's a real thing. I'm gonna focus on being offended, bitterness, and unforgiveness. That is something that I believe is one of the key things that stops us in our tracks from continuing to follow God's path for our life. And when we do that, well, let me just give you an example. We're in church, and I'm not picking on anybody, but I'm gonna say, I'm just gonna give you an example in the church world. You may show up to church, you've been here for a year. You see VBS, this is a plug, Becky. You see VBS coming up. And you're like, hey, God is beginning, you're hearing God and he's beginning to nudge you and say, you know what? I should help with that. I should help with that. But there's this other thing. You've been in church for a year. Nobody's invited you over for dinner. You would say, I don't feel connected. So you kind of hold off because it's like, you got this little thing that frustrates you, but you know you're probably supposed to get deeper involved because that's God's path for you and you just hold off that year. And then you go next year, and maybe it's the same thing or something different pops up. And that frustration now over a year has turned into full out bitterness or unforgiveness. You might say, 
I'm here because this is the best place for me. This is the best place for my family. But I'm not serving because these people don't want to connect with me. And I'm just using an example, okay? And maybe a rough one. But there's examples all over in every situation of life, every family in life. I mean, just you have opportunity for offense to come. But I'm saying, when you're in that situation, when you know you're supposed to be involved in something and you've thrown up a wall, I just want you to know, and it's not easy to hear, you're the only one in the cage. You've put four walls around you and life is still working around you. And so you gotta think about, the other people around you are just moving on with life most of the times. Sometimes there are major situations, I'm not talking about that too, but we still have to learn to walk in forgiveness. But I'm saying when you throw up the wall, I'm not because you've trapped yourself and you've stayed still when God is still saying, my path is going that way. And so what you're doing is delaying the timeline of God's path. And sometimes you can just stop it completely because you're not willing to move on. And so what I've done today is I've left papers on there. I guess the band can come up. Like I said, we'll get done quick, but the band can come up. But what I did, I left papers on there. And what I want you to do, some of you, when I say offense or bitterness or you know a person, a situation, you may have to put my name down there, but you know a person, a situation, uh, whatever it might be, it came up to you instantly and you know exactly what it is. But what we're gonna do, because we are a church and we are a people who wanna run after God's call for our life, we have to release some things. And so today, I want you to write down, we're not reading them, I got a pile of them over there in the trash bag from the other two services. But I want you to write down that thing and I want you to crumble it up and you bring it, Sean talks about action steps, you bring it to the altar today. And so if there's something you know, or during this last song, pray and ask God. There may be things that you don't, I've had some, a couple of people tell me, I didn't know there was. And I asked God and he brought this situation up to me. And so if there's things in your life that you know, or God speaks to you over this next song, write it down, take an action step, bring it at the altar, and you'll find that you'll be more free. The gates will open up back in your life for God's calling for you to continue to move forward. And that's the plan and purpose. That's the purpose. That's the kingdom culture. That's the calling that God has for you to keep moving in his direction. So think about it. Let's, let's pray real quick and then they'll have the last song. So God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you, Lord, that we are a church and we are a people that want to run after you with everything in us. And God, in that, I know that there's somebody else that wants to trip us up all the time. And sometimes we hold on to things that we shouldn't hold on to, God. So I pray that you would show these people, God, that there are victories on the other side of them releasing that person, that situation, that there's so much more you wanna do in their life if they could just let go and open up the gates for you to move again. And God, I do thank you for all the dads in the room. I pray you bless them today, God, and I thank you, Lord, again, for you being the ultimate father. Thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen.